0: Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Michael. And I'm Ben, and we are your on-air refs. And welcome to our review of Pool B for the upcoming Rugby World Cup. Um, personally, I think this is going to be the best pool. Actually, no, I lie. This is the one I'm most invested in, obviously because South Africa is in it. But this is deemed to be the pool of death. Hey, Ben.
1: Yeah, um, I really think it. It depends on what you call the pool of death. I think this is the one with the highest ranked teams in, but there is another one coming later, which I think is a bit more wild in terms of who will get through.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. Just to kind of explain a little bit more what Ben said, the the world rankings have changed slightly, but realistically, at the time the pools were made, Ireland were the number one ranked team in the world. South Africa were number four in the world and scotland managed to go up to number five in the world and they are accompanied by tonga and romania who are also not to be written off
1: mm, that's true especially tonga um i think with the change in eligibility rules they've um they've been able to kind of bring back a lot of their homegrown players absolutely which is, which is great to see
0: yeah they must be really proud of being able to represent their their home nation in particular world cup so yeah congratulations to them for making the squad. Yes, so this is the one that's been bringing the most debate. Everyone thinks that there's going to be a, an upset and that everyone's kind of you think, you know, Ireland and South Africa are smooth sailing. They should be able to get through. It, who comes top of the groups? I don't know. We'll have to see. But, you know, then there's Scotland. They're just it's just that they're just it's just that that ex-girlfriend that just won't hang up on you, you know, while you're trying to get on a new relationship. They're just lingering around and Hey, I'm not some gonna dance. ask.
1: I'm not gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so where where should we start? Ben where where so obviously the big first game of this group I believe is gonna be South Africa Scotland. That's probably like the first big game of the group where do you where do you see that one going because that one's probably gonna you know have a big implication for the rest of the group
1: yeah and i think in terms of importance for who makes it through that's going to be the biggest game um yeah. and kind of ranked number one ireland you kind of think they're gonna they're gonna get through it's they've been dominating everyone they've looked good they've looked good south africa and Scotland have been a bit hit and miss, I'd say, over the last kind of couple of years. Mm. Both more hits than misses, but I think it really depends on who turns up most on the day. I think I think it'll be a good match, and yeah, I think that's going to be going to be the decider for for that second position in the pool.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you that Ireland have been very good, you know, in the in the past four years in the cycle, and. They've also been fortunate enough where they've not had any major injuries. I think I read today that uh, Dan Sheehan and uh, Ronan Kelleher, who are both the hookers for for Ireland squad, they're both Andy Farrell, the head coach, said that they're both going to make the World Cup. So that was a huge relief for Irish fans. Obviously, we saw Dan Sheehan go down um, against uh, England this past weekend. So um, very excited to see him play at the World Cup. To be perfectly honest. I find it despicable that there is any debate between South Africa and Scotland. The fact that there is a potential of an upset, you know, it it just honestly baffles me that we are almost talking about South Africa and Scotland on the same level. They are nowhere near comparable. And I'll tell you why. Scotland have not won a World Cup. South Africa has won three World Cups We have the best World Cup Winning rate in history Better than the All Blacks And if you don't believe me, do your research Oh yeah, you want to say something
1: about I don't want to say anything, Like, Yeah, yeah, Ireland also haven't won any World Cups But you've pretty much just said You think they're going to go through first
0: Yeah, but uh, you've made a very good point that <laughs> undermines everything <dinner. laughs> And Scotland have gone further In previous <laughs> World Cups <laughs> We'll quickly uh, gloss over that fact. (laughs) South Africa are proven winners. And I think that we have had some major injuries with Pollard and Lacanio Am, Luda Yaga. You know, those are probably like our big three that haven't been fit. We'll see if... I reckon Pollard will still play at the World Cup. I reckon we'll find a way. Yes, I think this squad that we've taken to the World Cup is fairly identical to the one that won it in 2019. And if you haven't already listened, when we did a Pool A review, we we kind of talked about how New Zealand and France, they're just these cohesive units and they've been there for for so long. And uh, in even with Uruguay, how they all play together at club level as well. The South Africa squad, it might not be the same at club level, but it's been the same group of guys for the past, you know, more or less eight to 10 years. These boys know each other inside and out. And recently I saw this video from David Flatman, who picked Springboks to win the World Cup. And he made a great point that as soon as Rassi Erasmus has come into the head coaching role or the director of rugby role, he has set the game plan out for the whole world to see. We're not trying to do anything fancy, but we are just going to bully you and you've got to try and be better at us uh, up front. And the game plan is simple, and the game plan hasn't really changed over the past couple of years. And like you could send me, I think David said, David Flatman said, you could send me out onto the pitch tomorrow, and I would be ter- I would be terrible, but I knew what would be expected of me, and I, that is from you know the new rookies coming into the squad to the most experienced players. Those thirty three men know exactly what is expected of them and how to win the big games.
1: I I mean, it is true. I mean, they have, you haven't changed your squad much. And I think there's benefits to that. You've got to think, yeah, as you say, the cohesion, I think there's also a negative side to it. I think it kind of shows that you've not developed many people to a starting position. You think most teams have evolved and, and it means if you get a couple of injuries, you're kind of lacking experience in a lot of positions I don't know how you think about that. I mean, I'm I'm an England fan, so we've got no experience anywhere in- <laughs> <all occasions, so. laughs>
0: The the way that I feel about that is, I I understand where you're coming from. I do think we have started to blood the 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 rookies into the squad. I don't think many of them have actually made the squad. Like you know, the first kind of mind uh, name that comes to mind, like Evan Roos. and. Eric Lowe as well from the Bulls. Uh, these are upcoming talents, but they haven't performed enough to actually usurp the experienced guys in the team. And I understand, you know, maybe you know, looking to 2027, that might be an issue. 2019 and 2023, these guys are still in their primes and they're still at the top of their games. We have numerous players that are in the top, Three or top five of their position in the world. And like, I don't really worry about blooding new players because at the end of the day, it's just about winning the World Cup. And I'm talking about 2027, and we'll have four years worth of internationals after this World Cup to kind of fill that gap of letting the experienced players go and bringing the young blood through. So I'm not too worried about it.
1: No, fair enough. I can't argue with that.
0: Yeah. Pretty good logic, unlike my first point. (laughs) But right, Ben. So we we'll come back to Ireland. How do you how do you feel about Scotland?
1: Watching the warm-up games, Scotland have played a couple of games against France. Yeah, and they have looked really. They've also played BG, but in the France games particularly, they have looked really good. They won one, and they came really close in the other, and. Mm. They're playing exciting rugby. Like if you're gonna watch a team, Scotland are one of those teams you want to watch. I agree. Um th- there's a feel-good factor around them. You kind of want them to do something when they get the ball and when they go. And yeah, I I think they're in a good place. I think Finn Russell is their probably standout player um yeah. at fly half. And he he has a lot of kind of maverick label. There's been that maverick label around him. For sure. So he does some crazy things, he goes, goes for it, but he is a really intelligent player. He takes territory when it needs to be taken, but he but he's not afraid to give things a go. And I think that can open up defences. And he has played against a lot of rush defences, which is kind of predominantly what South Africa played. Yeah. And I think he has the ability to pick that defence apart. It's just whether on the day that happens.
0: Yeah. With Finn Russell, he's kind of that all or nothing player. You know, he plays, you know, right up close on the defensive line. He, he'll he float the risky pass. And when it works, he looks like an absolute magician. But, you know, he's flirting on that line of, you know, throwing intercepts and not managing the game particularly well. You know, he's kind of playing jump rope with that line. He, he is kind of a danger man. Um, and I'm sure South Africa will have their... That eye set on him. I mean, we you know think about how South Africa silenced George Ford in the final in twenty nineteen, and I'm sure they'll have a game plan set to kind of neutralise Finn Russell. But you know there are other threats throughout. You know you kind of look at that centre pairing, coined the the nickname Hu You know with Hugh Jones and Sione Tupalotu. They they're dangerous. They are. They they've had plenty of games now under their belts, developing that relationship. And you know, I would I would be worried about what they could do.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think in in attack they have a great pairing. the kind of that diverse skill set. The kind of running, kind of directness, distribution. They've kind of got it all. I'd say with Hugh Jones, there is probably that question about his defense. I think. Right, he was playing for Scotland a few years ago, and he got dropped. And there were kind of rumors it was because of his defense, and that he'd been found out. But he's yeah. he's come back in, and yeah, it, it's almost like a a chink in his armor, I guess. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's where the teams can exploit it because Scotland are looking good.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see how Ireland, South Africa, Scotland do fare up against each other because there's gonna be more in those games than in potentially in other groups. Maybe you're kind of looking at a pool uh, C and D, but you know they all three of those teams know that they have to win those big games to kind of assure that they'll progress throughout the, the group stages. And then that's before we even mention Tonga and Romania.
1: Yeah, I think of those two, Tonga are probably the biggest threat to those big three guys. Uh-huh. Um, I think you kind of look at the quality in some of their players, particularly the back line, kind of yep. Charles Pietau, Malakai Feketa, who are yep. massive names, both capped by the All Blacks. Yeah, um, yeah, It really makes that group so much harder because there's that risk of resting your players because I think most other groups, you know, you'll probably not play your strongest side against the bottom two teams. But if you do that against Tonga, you could you could lose your match. He's, yeah, you know, I don't think they're... It really makes it that much harder for these teams in the pools, and then going further through the competition.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, they, they almost just can't risk it. You know, they can't risk losing one of these games, knowing how big the other games are against the higher ranked teams in the pool. It's going to be really interesting to see. You know, that's going to really show the depth of these teams that are you know the, the squads that they brought to the World Cup, because that will be then be tested. And how, how do injuries kind of play a role in this? And we all know that to do well in these tournaments, you have to have a bit of luck, uh, you know, on your side. So, yeah, we'll have to see. You know, Ireland are probably, probably the favourites right now to win the entire thing. They are the team with probably them and New Zealand probably have the least amount of injuries going into the World Cup. And Andy Farrell is, you know, steady at the helm. They just won the the Six Nations. They won the Grand Slam. They've beaten everybody. I'm pretty sure. You know, they had the series win against New Zealand in New Zealand. So, I mean, who who's gonna stop them?
1: I I don't even know. I think Scotland and South Africa both have the ability to beat them. I just don't think they will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think Ireland's great players and you know they've been looking good in their warm-ups, not to name drop any teams that lost to them because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, they've they've looked good in the warm-ups. I think yeah, you kind of mentioned about injuries, and I think this team or this sorry, this pool is gonna attritionally be one of the most difficult for the players. You think about how abrasive the South Africa, Ireland, and like like traditionally the Pacific Island teams are abrasive as well. Like there's going to be some serious hits, you know, contacts. It's going to be difficult to kind of come out of this pool unscathed, I think. How do you think that's going to kind of play play through to the rest of the tournament?
0: It's going to be tough because you kind of have to, like I said, you have to rely on your your teammates to to do a job because you can't play every minute of every single game if you want to go on to win it. You know, this is where, you know, modern sports medicine, you kind of hope that, you know, the, the coaching staff will be able to provide the recovery necessary to do the quick turnarounds, you know, in between games and manage the travel, you know, between the different cities in France. And they just need to, you got kind of to hope that the logistics team management are able to take everything, like all the stresses out of the team's mind so they can just focus on the rugby and, and do the best they can. Yeah, I think I think Ireland they should go through. I would be I'd be surprised if they don't. I think the one thing that hasn't really been mentioned though, which is why I'm gonna mention it now, Ireland's World Cup record is not the best. We all love the joke about how they typically get knocked out in the quarterfinals. And like maybe they choke again. You know, maybe the best that Ireland can ever do is just win the Grand Slam, and win the Six Nations. Maybe that's that's how high their ceiling is.
1: Yeah. And I think it's so ironic that they could win your pool and then have to face New Zealand in the quarterfinal final or France yeah. in the quarterfinal, final. And he's just like, oh, it's not something you want. I I can see it happening. I can just see it happening. And I'd love it. <laughs> I'd love to be. Yeah. I love Ireland. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it will be interesting. Do you do you reckon there's going to be any sort of tactics Ireland, yes, they've beaten both New Zealand and France, but, you know, they've recently beaten France during the Six Nations. So maybe they kind of feel like they have the number over over France. So do you reckon they'll be keeping a close eye on Pool A and then maybe trying to come first or second to get a preferred matchup in the quarterfinals?
1: I think that's kind of one of those things that we like to think, oh, This is an easier matchup, but realistically, I don't think it's going to make too much difference. I think France in France, like I think that's a huge factor—that home crowd Um, or the All Blacks. There's not really a lot between. Like we couldn't pick who was going to win in the in the pools. Spoiler: You should still listen to the (laughs) pool.
0: Absolutely, you should still listen. (laughs) I I
1: think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough either way.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're right. It definitely. Probably, I mean, like I said, I'm biased. I think this is going to be a really, actually, I think this is going to be a really mundane pool. I think all the hype, uh, there's been a lot of hype before the World Cup. I think it's just going to be stereotypical. Ireland and South Africa go through and Scotland do a bottle job, to be perfectly honest.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the same, but I'm going to say that Scotland beat South Africa and lose to Tonga. Um,
0: <laughs> that would I'm be that say, would be incredible. I'm I'll be happy with that.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say that's what happens. And they bottle it. Yeah, but I guess talking of bottle jobs, before we move on,
0: yeah.
1: The Ireland team is very heavily influenced by Leinster players. Yes. Like it's nearly 80-90% of their like starting team. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And Leinster have got a pretty serious history of bottling finals.
0: Yeah, that's very true. You yeah. reckon it's you had a mental gonna... effect.
1: Well, I was gonna ask you, do you think do you think losing kind of champions cup final and their URC final two years running, both finals, do you think that's gonna have an effect?
0: Well, I mean, they've not even made a URC final. They've been knocked out in the semifinals in the two years of the existence and shout at the URC because the URC is the best league. You you do have to wonder. You know, is there a a problem, you know, in those, you know, in those final closing minutes? You know, do they have that composure, the ice in their veins to put the icing on the cake? It's a tough one because you look at the, the failures of Leinster, but you know, at the same time they've had success in the in the Six Nations winning the Grand Slam. They have that, you know, series win over New Zealand and New Zealand. Those are some big feats, particularly that series win in New Zealand. So yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh I, I honestly think they're going to be professional enough that it's out of their mind and they'll focus on their their good string of warm-ups beforehand. And you know, maybe it's maybe it's like a coaching Issue at Leinster rather than the player issue. Maybe Andy Farrell brings out the best in them. You know, Andy Farrell is a you know a tough, you know Yorkshireman. I think is he is he Yorkshire or Lancashire?
1: Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go so with
0: somewhere. I've, somewhere around that. That's really bad. I should know that. He played but, for
1: Wigan. He's a hard Northern man. That's yeah, what matters.
0: Hard Northern man. Yeah, that's that's a good way to get around that. He's going to elevate those guys to the level that they need to go. So yeah, no, I I, I back out to, to do a job just to the quarterfinals and then do their normal thing and hop on out.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I guess, Mike, we're going to say key players to watch. Who are you looking out for in this put?
0: I mean, we already mentioned Finn Russell, and I think everyone has to keep an eye on him. And uh, another Scottish player will be Darcy Graham. I think he had a bit of an injury recently, but before and after, he has been on phenomenal form. So I wouldn't be surprised if he carries on that. Uh, on that form during this, this World Cup. Uh, nice. As long as he doesn't do it against South Africa, I won't mind. But, you know what, you know what, I'm actually going to say Manny Leboque. And I think there's been, Gosh. there's been question marks over him. There there have been doubts. You know, he's not going to fill Pollard's shoes. He can't kick off a tee. Um, you know, he's the only fly half in the Springbok camp. And, I think this is all just, you know, white noise to him. I I don't think it's going to bother him at all. I think, yes, he didn't win the URC this year, but he won it the previous year. He had a clutch kick off the tee from the sideline against Ulster in the semi-final to take them through to the final in 2021, 22, sorry. So I reckon, you know, diamonds are made under pressure. You know, we, (laughs) most of us know that, you know. So I reckon Manny LeBuck is going to shine and he is going to almost cement himself as the, the starting fly half for the Springboks going forward.
1: Huge prediction. I love that though.
0: What about you, Ben? Who, who's looking a bit saucy? Who are you going to keep a particular eye on?
1: Okay. Hey, I think Mac Hansen for Ireland. Ah, the guy, yeah. the guy, he just looks phenomenal. He scores tries. He jackals. He just looks good ball in hand. He's got a smart head on him. He kicks it when he has to. And, did you see that cheeky, cheeky crossfield kick for the try against England? I, like, did. I did. How many wingers are doing that? I think he is on and off the pitch, someone to watch out for because, yeah, great bloke.
0: Just a great, absolutely great bloke. I love how, you know, he shaved Keith Earl's initials into the side of his head for Keith Earl's 100th cap against um, against England. So, yeah, just a just a great, great person, to be honest, so... Yeah, that's a that's a good nominee. Anybody else?
1: I'd love one of the Tongan boys to kind of stand up. Yeah. So maybe maybe see Charles Piutau, you know, sweeping up at the back and those fullback runs. I'm, yeah, I'm backing him to do something, especially when they beat Scotland.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> He'll orchestrate it all. Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> I think he's he's been playing at Bristol in the Premiership, and he there are some games and he just looks unstoppable. I think yeah. the game against Northampton Saints kind of comes to mind. And mm-hmm. if you just look at highlights, he is everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah, those are the boys for me.
0: Yeah, I know there's a good group of guys. I think this is going to be an entertaining gay, uh, entertaining pool, Sorry, where there's just good games across the entire pool, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah, if if you're a fan, definitely watch out for Pool B games because they will be particularly spicy. But I think that wraps uh wraps it about up for for this pool B review. So thanks for listening. Send us in your uh... predictions.
1: Yeah, we want to know who you think is going to win, who's not going to win.
0: Thanks for doing that. I kind of I completely forgot the word. Yeah, send us your predictions. Yeah, give us your ranking of one to five. Who's going to get that top two spots? Yeah, who's gonna who's going to bow out in the pool stages? But yeah, yeah thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Thanks, guys.